A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- I a bachelor. Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate- some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. I hate how they keep saying it's sex week because... Like, I think that people just have this connotation where it's like, you're only going to go to bang these people. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. It's Friday. That means this is This Week in Bachelor Nation. We're going to give you all the beautiful Bachelor Nation news. We're going to give you all those parasocial plays. We're going to give you those screams. We're going to give you those gains. What else do we give in this week in Bachelor Nation? Dwab. The dwab, of course, at the end. Business. We got some business up top. Of course, we're we're talking about book watch still. Still haven't seen our book, How to Win the Bachelor, even though we now know Gabby Nikki 
was caught reading it by producers. She's now in the finals. Gabby was reading the book in the house, and now she is ring winner or runner-up. Yes. Time will tell. She has made it incredibly far in the game. But that's that's pretty well, that's a pretty good job. Absolutely. Sounds like a book is a good idea to read. Well, certainly she's been um, using some of the things that were in the book in her play this season. We hope that eventually, at some point, whether it's here on Game of Roses or elsewhere, Gabby will be able to go on a podcast and discuss how the book helped her. I think that will happen eventually. And I'm waiting for that day. Gabby, if you're listening, please come on our show and do it uh, We heard that the uh, Chicks in the Office podcasters were discussing Book Watch. Oh, yes. The Dark Seeker told us this. You know, it's getting out there. The word is, the good word is spreading. (laughs) Chicks in the Office, if you're listening, we'd love to come on your show and discuss how our book is shaping the current era of The Bachelor. And how we get them to pay Tyler Cameron the $1 million that he has agreed it would take him to be The Bachelor. And they also have to let him use Instagram during that, during the season. They have to. Uh, We also have this to mention in our business. April 22nd, Pace Case, myself, and Dark Seeker are going to be attending Bachelor Live on stage at the Talking Stick Resort in... Scottsdale, Arizona? Where is it? It's somewhere in Arizona. (laughs) This is all I know. Lion Dyke Country, Scottsdale, Arizona, which is basically Phoenix, I guess. Yeah, I think it's just outside. But we'll be there on April 22nd. If you'd like to join us. I mean, this is is the biggest event in the nation. This is where it's all happening. If, If you are, you know, deep pit, this is your mecca? Yeah, maybe. I mean... I would argue maybe the Mecca is Calabasas, is Villa de la Vina, is the mansion itself. Hmm. But this certainly is the biggest live event. You're right. Holy waters. (laughs) We drank from the holy waters. We did drink from the holy waters of the pool at Villa de la Vina. But uh, this is the biggest live event that is sanctioned by the official show. It's going to be hosted by Becca Kufrin. I believe the weekend we are there, our bachelor is Andrew Spencer, or it might be Rodney Matthews. I don't, I don't know who our bachelor is going to be, but essentially what they do is they put on this event live on a stage. They have, it's either going to be again, Andrew Spencer or Rodney Matthews. I forget which weekend each of them are doing this, but one of them comes out, pretends to be the bachelor, and then they get members of the audience to be the players live on stage. So you get to watch people that are not professional players in most cases, in all cases, maybe go on stage and pretend to kind of go through the motions of a season of the bachelor. Uh, Grace Ann and I went to this last year here in Los Angeles, and this year they're not doing it in cities around the country. They're only doing it at the Talking Stick Resort over three weekends. We're going to be there again on April 22nd. 21st to 22nd, it's Becca Kufrin and Andrew Spencer. Okay, so we got Andrew Spencer that weekend. Fantastic. You can still buy tickets. Oh my God, the promo photos. (sighs) It just looks like it's... Andrew Spencer, Becca Kufrin, and Roddy Matthews, and they're just like glowing. It's like they blasted them with the with the lights, so they look kind of like AI, like an AI created this. It's quite possible. We will be doing some kind of coverage from this event, probably recording some audio, probably recording some video, uh, and we will be putting out that material the week after. So look forward to that, our coverage of Bachelor Live on stage. I'm very curious to see, by the way, if they've altered the show at all from last year or if it's exactly the same script. 
I'm predicting exactly the same script. I'm predicting no work was put into this whatsoever. We'll see if my predictions come true. You know, I hope it's the same script because I didn't get to see it. We should be hecklers in the audience. If it is the exact same script, I'm just going to start <gasps> reciting it back to them joke for joke. You have to memorize it. Uh, believe me, I have it basically memorized from just my first viewing of it <laughs> because it was so oh astoundingly God. bad. But we will be there again April 22nd. Hope to see you all out there. That concludes our business. And now we're going to start this week in Bachelor Nation as we started every week with Game, game of, of Roses. Roses. State of the Game. We are in, at least in my estimation, a very interesting time in the history of our beloved game. As you know, if you've read How to Win the Bachelor, if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, Pace Case and I like to break up the evolution of the game into these eras. We had the classic era, seasons one through three of The Bachelor, where uh, those are all exactly the same, the format. Then we had the experimental era, seasons four through 12 where you had producers doing radical things with the construction of the game itself, introducing things like the first impression rose, group date roses, one-on-one roses. You saw certain limo exits start to happen. The mansion was in season 11, Brad Womack. Um, Then you had what we call the modern era or the mezzanine era, seasons 13 to 24, which is where the game is now solidified. You have all the different limo exits. You have all the major components of the game. Then from 24 to... Chaos era. I guess we have multiple names for the for the current era. Yeah, it really is like the professional era. You have players who grew up watching the show, like Hannah Sluss, like Madison Pruitt, who are just naturals at the game, coming in and dominating. But you also have COVID now taking control in this era. I think you have the COVID era, and now we have new experimental era. <laughs> Okay. And now we have new classic era. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely going to take maybe a little time to see how this all shakes out to really categorize it yeah. all correctly. Right, we're living history right now. Oh, for sure we are. For sure we are. And I think you can see it in what the producers are doing because one thing that I really wanted to touch on in this state of the game is Goldini. We are right now living through Zach Shawcross's season 27 which is a bizarre attempt by the producers to relive a literal exact season, season 17 of The Bachelor. They are trying mm-hmm. to mimic it in every possible way. It's unreal. There was a date that Shawcross went on earlier in the season that took place at the exact same place Goldini had a date. I forget exactly what it was, but we talked about it in our recap. Uh, they went to the exact same location for fantasy suites that Goldini went to. Thailand. Thailand, right. And they are, as you said, making Zach Shawcross do this born-again virginity thing. This promise to not have sex in the fantasy suites because, as he put it, Goldini fucking called him up and told him to do this. Yes. That is the other most Goldini thing about the season is the multiple Council of Crowns with Goldini, the remote Council of Crowns via FaceTime talking about nothing. They are trying to inject this season with Goldini and also the idea that there could be a dark horse somewhere like he had with Catherine and the amount of shower shots, the showering. Yes. Goldini. We should mention for anybody who's listening to this podcast for the first time, Goldini is our nickname for Sean Lowe. I'm just realizing, like... I didn't even think about that once. We're nine minutes in. (laughs) We're nine minutes in. Somebody's like, wait a minute. 
My friend told me to listen to this podcast. They said it was a Bachelor podcast. Who's Goldini? What is this? Goldini's short for golden one, which means the golden boy, Sean Lowe, the 17th Bachelor, uh, the blonde Christian for TRR player who, <laughs> you know, the way that they have tried to recreate this season and then to twist it around as they did this past episode they didn't villainize Goldini during Fantasy Suites week. Exactly. They kept this whole ultimatum out of it. Yes. They did this to themselves. Here is, in my opinion, the whole problem with trying to recreate a Goldini season. There's two elements to this. Why it's not working. One, the Goldini season was season 17. It was literally... The 1900s. Uh, yeah, I mean, might as well have been. It wasn't the 1900s. I believe it was 2011 or something like that, 2012. Um, it was before Paradise. And it certainly was before Instagram and social media had such a drastic impact on the game, how it's played, the motivations for why players are coming into the game. So you can't ever recreate Season 17 because all these other things exist now. You've got Paradise now. You've got Instagram and TikTok players coming in for those reasons specifically. So you're never going to be able to time travel back to the, the world that existed to create the Goldini season. So, okay, fine. We can put that aside. Uh, you can't travel back. Another thing that now exists that didn't then is that the producers understand how to make a lead look bad, how to turn a lead into a villain. It was season 18, Juan Pablo Galavis, that happened right after Sean Lowe, where they made their first uh, villain Bachelor. That has been in place since that fucking time. I would argue Pavelka was the first villain Bachelor, but I don't think they really villainized him until post-show. Yes, exactly. That was a post-season villain edit. And I would even argue that it wasn't an edit. Like, he makes Vienna Girardi fucking cry in an interview by bullying her. It, there's nothing edited there, really. You're watching it yeah. happen. But that wasn't something like in season, they really put him on his pedestal. But with these two things, now you have the producers who want to villainize. And as you were just talking about in these fantasy suites, like they did it. They they made him look stupid. They made him look bad. So even that is like, that's not Goldini. You're trying to recreate a Goldini season, yet you make this guy do this. That's not Goldini. You don't know how to recreate a Goldini season. Even if you could, you're bad at job. The most important part of Goldini season is that he's golden. Yes. He is the golden one. Beyond reproach. Other than like, ha ha, shower scenes, because ha ha, he's like the heteronormative like figure, like muscly figure that we're used to seeing in this kind of role. Other than that, and like little small pranks, they didn't take him down a notch. Correct. They elevated him. He was the dream, you know, that everyone wants to date. Here's what producers should have done. If they really wanted to recreate a Goldini, they say, Zach Shawcross, here's what we're going to do. For every woman you don't have sex with, we're going to give you $100,000. They should have paid this man to remain chaste, and maybe that would have worked. Um, mm -hmm. But there's also a problem with this idea that they want to recreate the Goldini season at all. It means the producers are looking to the past to try and recreate what it used to be. That is gone. That is dead. You cannot do that. You must, at this point, be looking to the future. 
There are shows now that are demolishing The Bachelor in terms of presenting a game of dating in reality television. We're looking at Perfect Match. That was Netflix's number one show the week that it came out. Everybody on that show. You're looking at Love Island. Love Island is another one. Um, Basically, all the Netflix dating shows are modern. The way they are presented is modern. The things that they allow their players to discuss is modern. You have full conversations about abortion in Love is Blind now. You're never going to see anything like that in Bachelor because they're beholden to this network TV model. So I think this idea that they have, that they can reach into the past, pull something out from it, and re-inject contemporary Bachelor with what the show used to be, that is, it's a bad idea. You can't do it. And it's falling apart now. We're seeing it. It's coming apart at the seams. It seems uh, fake when Goldini is on the screen giving this advice to Zach Shawcross. And yeah. he's not even following it. They, I mean, when they, when those two were talking together, it couldn't have felt more like a disjointed, forced thing. And, and like that, I think that's like emblematic of what ha- the generational difference between them. Also, how they're handling social media. This is another thing that is just like this isn't specific to Shawcross. It's specific to The Bachelor in this current era if you look at like perfect match if you look at literally any other reality uh tv series those series promote their players using social media talking about social mm-hmm. media they don't villainize it and so as a result you've got players like francesca farrago having 5.8 million instagram followers all of those people are going to be interested in what reality shows she's on. Whereas in Bachelor, you villainize social media to such a degree that the fourth audience, us watching the show, are less inclined to follow these players because social media is a bad thing in this world. So fuck it. I'm not going to follow them on Instagram. Now you're not watching what they're doing. Now you don't give a fuck about what other shows they're going to be in. You're not as involved as a fan if you're not following yeah, them exactly. along. I don't... and. Grayson just told us that apparently they on Love Island made a rule where people's siblings couldn't run their accounts like while they're in the game. And then everyone had much lower following accounts. Restricting it is just in general is just like what? It's free advertising. It is the algorithm advertising for you. I don't understand. And it's like, I guess it's it's truly this kind of like hatred for influencer culture is like the only way I can describe it, but it's just you're in influencer culture. Sorry. Like, yes, exactly. I think there is this thing it's in bachelor a lot, but I think it's generally in television, but bachelor, like way more than, than necessary. This idea that what we do making TV reality TV is more important than the social media. And that's not true. Social media is now more important than reality TV. But what reality TV producers and specifically Bachelor producers need to understand is they go hand in hand. It's the same thing. It's two parts of the whole. You should be using social media to help reality Mm -hmm. TV and you should be using reality TV to help social media. It feeds itself forever if you do it right. At any rate. And like feed your own social media accounts. You want your own social media accounts to be as big as possible And then if there are deleted scenes that they're playing on those, people are even more engaged in your program. Exactly. Exactly. You want your extra scenes coming out on your Instagram account and shit to be celebrated. As it is now, 
you just have a bunch of comments on Bachelor being like, <laughs> why wasn't this in the show? What are you yeah. doing? Um, so that's kind of where we feel like we are right now with this this weird thing that the producers have tried to do with this season, pulling back into the past, trying to recreate a season that can never be recreated. And, you know, there are good parts and bad parts about this season. Definitely, there's some shit that I like. Mm-hmm. Some things that are being being done very well. The Jorge Morenos this season are like out of fucking control. But I just think that their attempt to make this a Goldini season, I think, has failed. We will see what the future holds. We will see if Zach Shawcross gets engaged to his finalist. And we will, of course, see if that engagement lasts, if that is the case. But um, certainly, I think the attempt to recreate season 17, so far for me, is a bust. You don't think there's going to be three young Shawcrank children running around Texas in a few years? No, I think whatever the outcome of this season is will last six months or less. This is the prediction I'll make every time. That's good. That's a good thing to bet on. Yeah, I mean, it's simply what happens more often than not. But that is the state of the game. And now we are going to move on to that portion of our program where we discuss all of the movements on uh, the outlawed social media, Instagram, TikTok, et cetera, et cetera. This is... This Week in Games. We begin gains as we begin it every week, discussing the ratings for our beloved game. The ratings for this week's big game were the highest of the season other than night one. Sex Week pulled in a 0.63 in the demo, 43% increase from the prior week, and 3.2 million total viewers, which was the highest raw number of any episode this season. Although these ratings were among the best of the season, they were not enough to take the top spot across broadcast networks. The Voice on CBS and 9-11 on Fox both edged out our beloved game, leaving it in third place, just ahead of The Neighborhood on CBS and All-American on The CW. And now for those crank gains. Zachary <laughs> Shawcross gained 7K on Instagram this week, bringing him to a total of 121K. I don't know if he's going to be joining the Million Club anytime soon. He gained 944 followers on TikTok, bringing him to 5.2K total. This is an abysmal number. For a lead. Is, this is the lowest ever, right? Is this lower than Clayton? God. Clayton Eckerd, at this point last season, we're talking about season 26, of course. We are looking at the penultimate week. Um, God, I can't believe we have all of this. He had, going into the finals... <laughs> this is me now! <laughs> going into the finals, uh, Eckerd had 300K. 303,000. So, yeah. I mean... Wow. Worse than Eckerd. Twice what Shawcross is producing here. And again, I don't think this is Shawcross's fault necessarily. I think it's because the show so villainized social media. Even in this fucking season, we saw it. Anastasia said, oh, you could get 50,000 Instagram followers. Immediate villain. Fuck you. Instagram is evil. (laughs) It's... I mean, they're promoting the message and it's having an effect on their their players, which then in turn has an effect on people's willingness to come into the show. You're going to get worse players if they don't get a reward. And people's willingness to want a podcast about the show, et cetera, et cetera. You're just demotivating your fan base. It makes absolutely no sense. But let's move on to the top five Instagram gains. Here we go. Mm. In the first spot, we got Floater Turned Mysterious Surprise, Ariel Frankel, 
Uh, she gained 31.8K for her Swan Song exit bump. She now has a total of 82.7K. Double face play of the game winner and winner of one of Clues's 10 play of the game awards <laughs> this week, Katie Bigger, gained 31.4K for a total of 103K. Our first player in the 100K club. I only did two plays of the game, by the way. Okay, whatever. In third place, we got double MVP winner, Gabby <laughs> Ilnicki. She gained 30.3K for a total of 84.6K. Good girl for TRR, Charity Lawson in our next crown. Gained 20.6K for a total of 75.1K. That's terrible. This is your next bachelor at 75K. I still think she's going to beat Shawcross, though. Eventually, I think so. But, I mean, she's been announced the fucking bachelorette. In fifth place, Jessica Gerard gained 8.6K. She now has a total of 67.5K. Now for the top five total Instagram charts. Speaking of... Things I'm grateful for in this season. Christina Mandrell is in first place with 137K. God, that's incredible. So it's incredible. Didn't even speak in Women Tell All. I know. Well, did she or didn't she? Or didn't she? She were you did. silent or were you silenced? She was silenced. Uh, she was silenced. She spoke quite a bit at the Women Tell All, and we just didn't get to see any of it. This is, again, your top Instagram player. You are cutting her out of the women tell all completely. They don't get it. Second place at Victoria, a.k.a. Victoria Jameson, is at 125K. Third place, Katie Bigger, 103K. Fourth place, Gabriella L. Nikki, a.k.a. Gabby, 84.6K. And Ariel Frankel rounding out the top five with 82.7K. So you look at this chart as it stands right now the top two two out of only three players in the 100k club are both players who got kicked out of the season super fucking early so early <laughs> and that is the producer's choice make no mistake about this christina mandrell and victoria jameson were removed from the game by producers hmm. they decided to do this these are the two players who people are most interested in engaging with and they removed them as early as possible. No sense. Top five TikTok charts for March 23rd, 2023. We start out where we always start out with the queen, Victoria Jameson. <laughs> 970K. Nobody coming close. Why would you not want those 1 million pairs of eyeballs on your television program? Why wouldn't you? Because we hate... Social media. Social media threatens our jobs and our importance. This is how producers think. Second place, Christina Mandel, 144.5K TikTok followers. Third place, Madison Johnson, 102.6. Fourth place, Jessica Garrod, 72.5K. And in fifth place, Katie Bigger kicks Rebecca Becca Serrano out of fifth place with 64.1K. So finally, somebody in the top five TikTok chart is actually still in the game. It took a literal finalist. Kicking out another night one girl. <laughs> it's unreal. It's absolutely unreal. You just don't see stuff like this in most other reality dating shows. No. Um, and you have to ask the question, why is this happening to Bachelor? It does seem to be very specific to Bachelor. And again, I truly believe... It's because the producers are crafting this narrative that social media is bad, that yeah. it's for the wrong reasons. And so it it destroys any player's chances at, at really climbing the ladder, which is just not good. It's bad, except when it goes to 
Natasha Parker. Yeah. Then it's a Chiron with champagne celebration. If you're a host of a podcast. Um, but that rounds out all the gains. Now we're going to move on to that portion in our program in which we discuss all those delicious tids. This is... Bachelor Nation News. Up first in Bachelor Nation News, we're talking about those ratings a little bit more. We usually discuss the ratings of our beloved game, our beloved game in the gains section, and we always take these with a grain of salt because we know the Nielsen rating system doesn't tell the entire story of actual viewership across all platforms. But now we have new reporting emerging from Variety that paints a clearer picture. After 35 days of viewing across all platforms, the premiere of Zach Shawcross's 27th season of The Bachelor has scored a 2.39 in the demo, which is the best rating the show has had in a calendar year. This is a 3% increase from last season. And these numbers represent a 268% increase among adults 18 to 49 over its initial live plus same-day same rating of 0.65, marking the show's biggest ever delayed viewing increase. The season premiere also managed to rake in an additional 3.6 million total viewers after 35 days of multi-platform viewing, taking the original number from 3 million to 6.6 million. So you're seeing there that most people are not watching it as it airs. More than double are watching it on streaming platforms, uh, YouTube TV, however they're getting it yeah. over the next month, basically. And for extra context, Clayton Eckerd's season 26 of The Bachelor on ABC averaged a 0.81 rating in the key demographic and 3.66 million viewers in linear viewing. So it's clear uh, that far more people are watching the show in the month that follows here at, than when it airs on ABC. That makes sense to me, especially for Shalcross's opening because no one was excited for him to be Bachelor. And then I was like, ah, actually, this season's pretty interesting. Mm. Maybe word of mouth kind of thing. Yeah, well, but even in live airing, the night one was the highest rated episode other than, um, mm. I know, I think it, it still is the highest rated episode for Shao Crank, I think. Let me look at, hang on a minute, let me look at my charts. I just need to get into my data very quickly. Let me see what we've got here. Um, night one was a 0.65, yeah, and then sex week was a 0.63. Those are the two highest rated. Everything else is sub six, sub 0.6, sorry. Um, so yeah, that night one was still the biggest rated episode. Well, maybe the gold DD season worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists... Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. 
By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and <laughs> my... Um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about. But I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no rollback waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com slash roses. That's meundies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. Meundies. Comfort. From the outside in. Uh, these numbers are pretty pretty small. Yeah. Uh, up next in Bachelor Nation news, we're going to the north. Our beloved game has been exported to several different countries around the globe, including Australia, England, Japan, France, <laughs> Poland, and Denmark. <laughs> but the Canadians are the only other country to have their very own Bachelor in Paradise. And the second season of Bachelor in Paradise Canada is going to host some players from the American game. And it's going to have a new host, American Bachelor Season 18 standout FIP Rose recipient, Charlene Joint. Several high-ranking American players are scheduled to render guest appearances like Demi Burnett, Abigail Herringer, and Noah Erb. 
And in the player pool, we can look forward to performances from Gore Girl, Chelsea Vaughn, Connor Brennan, Tessa Tooks, Courtney Mixon, Rihanna Hockaday, Austin Tinsley, Garrett Aida, and Edward Naranjo. The second season of Bachelor Paradise Canada premieres May 8th on City TV in Canada. Good luck to all of our favorite players. Let's go. Now, this is interesting to me. You're starting to see more American players wind up in the Canadian BIP. Is the Canadian BIP potentially just going to become another Bachelor in Paradise? I mean, some of these fucking players like Chelsea Vaughn, she literally was already on, and and Connor Brennan, they were on Bachelor in Paradise America already. I do think it's becoming like, you have the Major League Baseball, of course. Then you have, that's The Bachelor. Then you have, Bachelor in Paradise, which is pretty much still the major league. And then Bachelor in Paradise Canada, which is like whatever the thing below that is. Triple A. Then there's double A. Then there's single A. Then there's semi-pro. Baseball goes very deep in the leagues. Triple A will be Australia Bachelor in Paradise. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, interesting though. Uh, Congrats to Charlene Joint for landing this hosting gig. I think she's going to make a great Dark Lord. Is this when it's going to premiere May 8th? So is that concurrent with Bachelorette? Yeah. I don't know what the Bachelorette airing schedule is for Canadian Bachelorette, but it, I'm sure that that'll be airing at the same time uh, mm-hmm. Charity Lawson's Bachelorette season 20 in America airs. But yes, good luck to all those players. Up next in Bachelor Nation news, season 27 finalist Katie Bigger has set the record straight about her comments to fellow finalist Gabby Elnicki about Elnicki's groundbreaking and Shawcross oath-breaking chemistry game in the fantasy suite round of playoffs. Many members of the fourth audience took Bigger's whispered admission that she uh, knew Elnicki was the only one Shawcross had sex with to be an insult, but Bigger maintains that is not the case. In a now-deleted TikTok, Bigger issued some tea by writing, Gabby and I are very close friends. The entirety of the conversation mm. was not shown, so please take a step back and realize that. Love this. Bigger lady later reiterated her respect for El Nikki in an Instagram caption with an extended video of the bathtub and bubbles free play antics we saw earlier this season, and we will discuss a little later on in the show. Mm. The caption read, Beyond grateful for this incredible woman and our friendship. Thank you for always lighting up a room with your beautiful, quirky personality. You exude the best energy that is so contagious to be around. Thank you for always being you. Truly one of the most beautiful humans inside and out. Keep sprinkling sunshine. Hashtag Team Zadie. What a nice dynamic duo play. It's a fantastic one. And the other half of that dynamic duo, Gabby L. Nikki, took to her own Instagram to respond to the negative comments she's been getting since her admission in the fantasy suite round of playoffs that she felt like she was wearing a scarlet letter. She wrote... Because I don't need negativity and hate on my page. It's so unnecessary and unkind. There is no reason to put others down. Get off my page if you don't like me. Now, this is also something I feel like that is kind of unique to the Bachelor world. Other reality TV show contestants get this. Volume of hatred. (laughs) Volume of hatred, yes. Uh, VOH. The VOH in Bachelor... is much bigger than the VOH of uh, other reality shows because, again, the producers position social media and any kind of perceived for the wrong reasons play as moralistically wrong. This is a bad person. So they then get a tidal wave of these uh, shitty comments and death threats in some cases. And I feel like in other reality franchises, the villains are 
They're like celebrated a little bit. They're fun. We love to hate them. That's what a traditional reality TV villain is. And it still exists in other reality franchises. Here, though, in Bachelor, if you get villainized, you're essentially the worst person on the planet in the eyes of the producers. <laughs> the ultimate Viking is in the news this week for his public support of Zach Shawcross's performance in the Fantasy Suite round. Clayton Eckerd knows all too well how the narrative can be spun through editing by the producers, and he made sure to remind the fourth audience of that fact when watching Shalcross. Eckerd submitted several Instagram story videos to the record defending Zach's actions. Quote, there is no privacy. The only privacy is fantasy suites. Before that and after that, there's zero privacy. You don't get off-camera time, so that can't happen. Eckerd also noted that another, in quotes, very real concern for leads is whether to disclose information about their romantic connections with other contestants during filming or after the finale, something he said is never a win-win situation. Eckerd put it like this. That can really put someone in emotional turmoil when they realize, wait, you didn't tell me the full story until now? I would have liked to know beforehand. You think, okay, well, either I continue to withhold to try to protect everybody, but I may lose someone or two people or three people. I found out after the show that almost seven people, seven women left, almost seven, because they didn't know where I was standing. Others almost left for other reasons, but some of them were wondering where I was at emotionally. Clayton encouraged those being critical of Zach to give him some grace. Oh, Grace Bomb. Eckerd, of course, <laughs> underwent some of the most brutal treatment a lead has ever suffered at the hands of the producer. So he knows all too well what Shawcross is likely going through. Should we right now coin GG, give Grace? Unfortunately, GG also means good game. I think that's what it's most known as. I don't know if we can co-opt it. I don't know if we can take GG and make it our own, but... The Gigi meant good girls club in my elementary school. Oh, interesting. Cool girls. Maybe GSG gives some grace, but that's grocery store Joe. No, that's GSJ. Let's go GSG. Um, No, grace just DLH ruined the word grace for me. But but some of my favorite name people are named Grace Ann. So that's true. Every once in a while, a word gets ruined. Uh, I remember the word beer got ruined for one of our very close friends during the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. And finally, in Bachelor Nation news, we have some uh, relationship roundup developments. Season 19 co-bachelorette and Million Club member Gabby Windy was spotted on a date with Dancing with Stars pro Alan Burstyn. Gore girl Ivan Hall got engaged to Taylor Robertson and season 10 bachelorette and the woman who made love to the great one without being in love with him, Andy (laughs) Dorfman, has made plans to marry her fiancé Balin Hart in Italy. Congrats to everyone on the various love levels they have played over the past few weeks as their relationships continue to grow. And that wraps up all the Bachelor Nation news that fits print this week. Now we're going to discuss all those plays our favorite players are making off the field and in the metaverse. This is the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Jared Iacnetti gave his final rose to none other than Tom Brady over Ashley Iacnetti in a groundbreaking reel this week. They got 29.9K likes, 783K views. Now, I saw this shit. What was this? Was this like a meet and greet, like a Tom Brady fan convention? What was this? How did they... How are they getting so much Tom Brady time? I, I think, though, it was that. I think it was like a Tom Brady meet and greet. 
I don't think they like know Tom Brady or anything. I think maybe he kind of knows who, oh, these bachelor people like me and that's kind of a thing. But it looked like this was mm. some event they paid to be at. To me. I don't know. I don't know what it was, though. I didn't look that deeply into it. No idea, but they capitalized on the moment perfectly. And it, honestly, it makes me think that if you have a hero that you want to meet one day, just say it out into the world all the time. That is true. For years and years. And look, sometimes it'll pay off. Christina Mendrell made a stunning parasocial play via the official Bachelor Nation TikTok account. When asked what she's listening to, Mandrell takes out her headphones and says, help me, help me, help me, please help me by Christina Mandrell. <laughs> the TikTok has 750K views and 23.4K likes. She's showing you in these plays why she's hitting these numbers, why she can get kicked out in the third week and still be in the 100K club because she's fucking good at this. There were multiple other Christina Mandrell parasocial plays I took off of here because there was just there's a Mandrell it's the volume it's the VOM volume of Mandrell Um, there is so much of it and always good always fantastic Katie Bigger made her love for fellow competitor Gabby Elnicki known on Wednesday putting that reel of them dancing in the hot tub Uh, This comes after Gabby received the unfair backlash from the fourth audience after her fantasy suite play. And that post got 391K views, 27K likes. Bearing the hatchet posts always do good. This is a little bit of a contradiction of the edit. Clearly, they they put that little thing in the end in the edit. I know you were the only person that had sex with them. They put that in there to try and drum up some kind of fake rivalry going into finals. Definitely. But here you learn they're fucking friends. Um, fantastic play. All those were strong plays. However, there can only be one winner. Our parasocial play of the week goes to somebody we already mentioned, Christina Mandrell. <laughs> she took Pace Case's advice and delivered a hilarious TikTok in which she gets the idea during the Women Tell All, as someone suggests, she, in quotes, sucks the energy out of any room she goes into. The execution on this play is flawless. It is a video of Mandrell going around her house making a cartoonishly large mouth as she sucks all of the, in quotes, energy from her various friends' batteries. Uh, she has impeccable physical comedy as she shimmies around delightfully. And the caption reads, self-awareness posts. Empty battery emoji, full battery emoji. <laughs> Empty battery <laughs> full battery emoji. <laughs> the post has an astonishing 889 0.9K views, 89.3K likes on TikTok, and 786K views and 23.3K likes on Instagram. Congrats to the package deal player on this beautiful piece of art. I I watched this video a couple of times. Uh, Me too. Jesus Christ. I just... I don't think we've ever seen somebody this good at social media ever in the game. Ever. You have people with bigger numbers, certainly. Um... And they were from prior eras. You know, you're looking at Hannah Brown. You're looking at everybody from season 24. You're looking at all the various players who came through those first seasons of Paradise, the Iaconettis, you know, getting the millions off Paradise. Hannah Brown has good numbers. She's never been yeah. an especially strong parasocial player, I would say. Uh, she's, in, in fact, made a, a very memorable error parasocially. <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking you're about. Right. She is in the record books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all that said, you just don't see a talent like Mandrell that often in The Bachelor. 
Um, she knows what she's doing. She knows how to make these videos. This requires I don't editing. Even know it how requires filters. This. Exactly. Like technically, she's very sound in her her skill set in terms of making social media. Just a, a true star um, in our beloved game. Lost too yeah. early. Like you were asking, we'll see if she winds up on Paradise or not. I um, I don't know. I'm very torn on whether that's going to happen or not. I just feel like she's not going to be in it because she was not in the Women Tell All, and you know, well, I tend to catastrophize. But the her edit in the Women Tell All was definitely punishment for, uh, you know, punishment for what? Let's just say. In a theoretical situation, she was offered a place in paradise and she said, no, thank you. Then they edit her to punish her. Fine, then we're going to cut you out of the woman. Tell her, fuck you. Now, those invitations can be extended up until literally the day before they start shooting. Hmm. Maybe she has a change of heart. Maybe they meet yeah. a certain number that she's asking for. Monetarily, I mean. Pay her. There are plenty of reasons why she could still be in paradise after the punishing edit. We don't know. We will see what happens. Pay her. Pay her, pay her, pay her. Help me, help me, help me. Help me, help me, help me, help me. Uh, but that rounds out all the, the human plays this week. We're now going to talk about some of those plays some creatures are making. We saw a gore girl, Jason Tardick, Pino and Ramen having a boy's day out. Very cute. We saw DLP and his pup, Lulu, give a stunning double parasocial gaze. These were all great plays, but unfortunately, there can be only one winner. And this week, Jill Chin posted a touching TikTok tribute to her cat, Sauce, who unfortunately passed away earlier this month. The video is a montage of happy moments with Chin and Sauce, set to an audio clip featuring the song Beautiful Boy by John Lennon, as it was featured in a 2018 movie of the same name. Our condolences go out to Chin, and we hope that this award uh, can brighten your day even a little bit. Sorry, I know I know you don't like the, um, you know, the... The tribute. Clues is like, can we put this in even though you're not good with the, <laughs> the tribute? It, it's always very sad, but touching. It's when you like read it out, yeah. I think. But I'm really sorry to Chin. As am I. As am I. But now we must move on to that portion of our program in which we descend deep into the bottom of the pit to issue forth our screams about how this franchise and our fandom of it has radically altered our games. This is Screams from the Pit! Uh, my scream this week is a little pace case after dark. Perhaps. <laughs> um... Kind of. Uh, so I am in the process, in the early stages of trying to figure out egg freezing for uh, fertility. Uh, didn't been doing a lot of fertility type tests, and one of those involved an ultrasound someplace. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, someplace, you know, downstairs. Mm -hmm. And so I'm chatting with this doctor who's, you know, doing the medical examination. And she knows I 
uh, do this Bachelor podcast. And she was like, wait, how does she know this? Because we've talked about it. Prides. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. She's like been my doctor somewhat consistently. And so she's like, oh, yeah, how's Bachelor going? I was like, oh, yeah, good. I was like, oh, have you ever watched it? And she was like, oh, yeah, really far back in the day. But I I basically threw a series of questions, questioned to this woman until she revealed to me details that I could suss out that she had watched Desiree Heart Sucks season mm-hmm. <laughs> and into Sean Lowe and... Um, or Sean Lowe into Desiree. And I just, I knew in this moment, I was like, this is my scream. I am asking this woman, like she had no details. And I was just asking her a million questions. And then I just started guessing names in like Mm -hmm. that kind of era. And I was like, this is just a, a moment I will never forget in, in my scream history. This is during the examination? (laughs) Yeah. Like, literally, as it's occurring, you're having this conversation. That is a very deep scream. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That's a good one, I think. Yeah. This case after dark. (laughs) It's an intense one. There's no question about it. But, I mean, that is part of being in the pit, for sure, is when you're doing something, you're engaged in some activity that there is no reason to be discussing The Bachelor during this activity, and it's all you're doing. No. No, we're checking out checking out the follicle situation, checking out mm-hmm. stuff in yeah. there. Yeah, and it got so... blessed by Goldini. You brought up, you invoked Sean Lowe's name <laughs> during the examination, so you'll no doubt be blessed with a beautiful child. <laughs> Um, my screen this week is it's adjacent to The Bachelor, but it has happened because of my fandom. So I feel that it um, still qualifies as a scream, although it doesn't have anything to do with The Bachelor specifically. It does have something to do with another player in another game. If you are on our Patreon, you know that I'm doing Clues Corners, where I have now watched the entire first season of uh, Netflix's Perfect Match. You can watch those along with me, see my analysis of the game. On that show, there is a player who won a season of The Circle. His name is Joey Sasso. Joey Sasso made an appearance in a dream that I had this week. So I've had my first dream outside of the Bachelor (sighs) Universe. Ooh, what kind? After Dark? Uh, No, it was like a horror movie kind of dream. It was me, Joey Sasso... Some, and we were family members. He was like my brother in this. It was me and Joey Sasso and other people that were like part of our family that are that were like dream people. You know, I don't know who these people were. I know they say that everybody in dreams is somebody you've at least what? seen in real life. And your brain just populates your dreams with people that you've seen. So maybe it was that. But I didn't recognize them. And in this dream, we are all in like a some kind of beach house or something. We were like hanging out. It was like a vacation. And this beach house has this attic and I hear things in this attic, but also I ha- I've lost my voice in this dream. I don't have the ability to speak. So I'm kind of stumbling around looking at this place. Joey Sasso breaks a vase on purpose. He finds this old weird vase and he breaks it and is like, ah, look at this thing. <laughs> Smashes it. 
As he smashes it, I see the attic door opens and the monster from Barbarian comes out of it. If you've seen that <gasps> horror movie, Barbarian. Oh, no. Yeah. And she takes me and she is dragging me up the stairs into like her attic layer. And I'm trying to scream for help and I can't. Nothing's coming out. And the last thing I see before she drags me into the <laughs> attic layer is Joey Sasso laughing at this <laughs> broken vase. <laughs> Holy shit, Clues. What do you think it means? Um, I don't know. I've been watching a lot of horror movies. There's got to be some mom stuff in that. What? <laughs> I don't know about that. What, barbarian? But like breastfeeding? Oh, that never took place in my dream. It was just this monster coming to get me. I think it has to do with me watching a shitload of horror movies recently and a shitload of Perfect Match recently. I think they were just kind of merging in my life, in my mind. But, um, you know, I was trying to think of who my MVP from Perfect Match would be. Mm. And I think it might be Joey Sasso. Yeah, that's hard. You know, that's hard. It might be Joey Sasso. It might be Carousel. It might be Dom. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. I mean, Dom won the whole fucking show and withstood. He was there from day one. He withstood Francesca fucking doing all her malicious shit. And he was playing a straight all eggs game. He was good. He was much better than I thought he was going to be. Joey had a Joey had a much easier game yeah. than Dom. But those are our screams. Now we're going to listen to another scream. The scream comes to us from someone named Empathetic Queen. At least that's her username <laughs> on our Game of Roses Love Discord, it. which is exactly where you can submit your own screams. If you want to be eligible to have your screen played right here, you just go to patreon.com slash game of roses. You join us in the bottom of the pit. You get on that discord and you upload a one minute or less audio clip of your scream. We play the best ones here. And here is once again, a scream from empathetic queen. Hello, fellow pit dwellers. Last weekend, my best friend and I delved deep into the pit and went to Katie Thurston's comedy show in Tacoma, Washington. You may be wondering, did we get to meet our beloved sex positive queen? You better believe we bought those meet and greet tickets. We had the time of our lives watching this former crown test out her comedy chops. She had local comedians on stage who we voted for to advance to the next round, not dissimilar to Pace Case's great one season of the beloved game in which contestants voted for Caitlin or Bree to be the crown. At the end of the show, my friend and I were at the front of the line to get our picture taken with Katie, but after reviewing the photos, we decided they weren't good enough and got back in line. Katie either didn't recognize us the second time or was nice enough not to rat us out, and we got the perfect selfies with her that time. She'll now forever remember us, however, since we're now featured on her Instagram feed from her post from that evening. That's right, Bachelor Royalty posted a photo of my best friend and I on her main page. Praise be, Dark Lord Palmer. Pace Case, do you remember a song that I made called Join Us Now in the Bottom of the Pit? Uh, it's the pit, you can get it. No. Nope. It goes, join us now in the bottom of the pit. Become immortal, forever live. Those are the lyrics. <laughs> and right here, Empathetic Queen has just proven to us that occasionally the pit can grant you immortality, life everlasting. Empathetic Queen and her friend are now literally immortal, digitally mm -hmm. at the very least, in Katie Thurston's Instagram feed. This is fucking phenomenal congratulations empathetic queen and god what a scream i love that getting in line twice 
for the photo. Coming out to see Katie Thurston do stand-up. Super smart to redo it when you don't like the pictures. And even if Katie did recognize, I think she would respect it. And I yeah. think she is an empathetic queen. So Agreed. I think she'd be on board to help you get that. And look, getting the better picture obviously had a good result. She liked it too. Fantastic work. Fantastic scream. I love shit like this. This is why you be your own hero. Yes. When your fandom of this, when when your residence in the pit is so profound that it transcends into becoming a part of the parasocial document itself, as established by a massive parasocial player like Katie Thurston. This is fantastic. This is what we're in it for. This at least this is what I'm in it for. I always want to be able to like take my fandom of this and utilize it to become a part of it, to become a part of the game. We're writing books. We're doing a podcast. We're coaching players. And on occasion, you get to get in a fucking picture with a goddamn lead that gets posted on their account. This is is what it's it's about. This is what it's about. (laughs) It is. I love it. I fucking love this scream. Absolutely love it. You're going to live eternally in the parasocial world. Hey, I... But we got those pictures with Envy. You best believe I put those on my social media every every year. Every Absolutely. Couple of years. Congratulations to the empathetic queen and thank you for that scream. Again, if anybody else out there wants to submit their scream to us, you just go to patreon.com slash gamer roses, get on our Discord and scream away. We look forward to hearing them. A Discord is like a little forum message board community. Yeah. FYI, I didn't know what Discord was. Yeah, it's almost like a, uh, it's almost like a Reddit, but it's not anonymous. I mean, it can be. You can use whatever screen name you want or whatever. But yeah, there's a lot of memes and stuff flying around in there. Just kind of like constant communication about our beloved game and about all the various things that we're talking about here on Game of Roses. So please join us there. And thank you for joining us today for this week in Bachelor Nation. We're going to be coming back next Tuesday with a recap of, can you fucking believe it? The finale of Bachelor Season 27. It's almost over. How did that happen? This shit just flew by. I can't believe it. This season has gone by in a second. Super fast. You know why? Why? I'm going to say this. And I think this is a good thing they did. Maybe this is one of the only good things they did uh, from pulling back from Goldini's season. They have presented the game in a very regimented and structured way this season. Oh, linear. Yes, I agree. Ending with rose ceremonies. No fucking cliffhangers about like, oh, we don't get a rose ceremony here or there. They only botched one group date day portion, which was in week two. It was a puppet show that they didn't show any of that group date. Um, They've given us pretty much every group date, every one-on-one. We did not see the morning after of uh, Katie Katie Bigger's fantasy suite. But for the most part, this has been presented pretty straightforward. Yeah. And I do give them props for that. But I do uh, like the presentation. I do too. <laughs> um, nonetheless, thank you again for joining us. We will be back next Tuesday with that final recap. And uh, can't wait to get into it. There's some, some big things going to happen, I think, in this finale. But um, before we go, as always, what is that drawback? It's been 7,669 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. 
Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 